Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is a pet detective, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey there, Cortland. <laughs> Hi, Brandon. You almost sounded like you were a bobcat for a second there. No, that was my uh, Ace Ventura impression, but I don't think it landed. No, it didn't. Alrighty then. <laughs> well, Brandon, today we have a very special guest with us, too. He's an Instagram artist. If you haven't checked him out, you should. And his name is Brett Wilson. How you doing, Brett? Hi, Cortland. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing very well, Brett. Thank you. You're welcome. So Brett does a lot of artwork for early 1990s Nickelodeon, and they are all incredible. Actually, I've seen some artwork that you did on your Instagram page that's at Brett Wilson Art, uh-huh. and you did some classic like PlayStation video games too yeah for a while when i um first started you know doing my instagram art consistently uh i was big into doing video game stuff because i was trying to think of things that people would want to see and you know being a kid of the 90s i thought why not go back to some of those um to start with yeah so i did a series of like 10 video I really games like those. uh brandon did you check those out yeah i looked at a lot of the stuff it's really cool Thank you. you really have the kind of talent I wish I had. Uh, that's very flattering. Thank you. <laughs> Did you see the Tomba one, though, Brandon? I know how much you love Tomba. I love Tomba, too. Yeah, Tomba's the shit. I never met anyone else who loved it as much as me. Oh, that game right. I'm going to go fantastic. make a sandwich. You guys talk. <laughs> oh, talk about Tomba. The game is so good. Yeah. <laughs> you play both games, right? Yeah. Do you have a preference which one you like more, or do you like them equally? Uh, I like them both a lot, but the the first one's really my favorite one. I'd agree with you there, too. There's something about the way it looks in the music of the mid-90s that just gels really well. And it's like in between 2D and 3D. It's cool. Yeah. I really wish they did more with that series. Me, too. It seemed like a missed opportunity, but I remember um, the developers, Whoopi Camp, went bankrupt after the second game. So it's just kind of floating in PlayStation purgatory until now. Well, the fact that you haven't really met many other people who love it as much as you is probably the problem. Yeah, we need to raise Tombo awareness. Oh, yeah. They do do speed runs of it uh, at Games Done Quick, too. So if you ever oh, yeah. want to have like a Tomba fix, there's this really funny part where I think somebody's playing Tomba 2, and uh-huh. this guy on the couch is like super annoying, and he just <laughs> shuts him down. It's really funny. Like, yeah. if you're not going to watch the, the whole run, just watch that part, because it's great. <laughs> totally. Yeah. All right. Link that to me. <laughs> me too. Oh, it's it's so funny. <laughs> well, so how are you guys doing this week? I mean, you guys do anything exciting? I mean, I know I didn't. All right. I won't bother asking you then. No, I did. I did. Ask me later. Though, oh, but... oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was being modest. So how was you guys this week? <laughs> uh, I was doing art all day, every day, because I'm a busy guy, and that's how I make my living. That's cool. Yeah. What were you, uh, were you doing more of your Pete and Pete? Actually, I was. Um, so I don't know if you guys are aware, but I'm making an illustrated episode guide for Are You For The Dark that I'm trying to roll out by October. And then after that's out, I'm going to do the same treatment for Pete and Pete with all the episodes. Um, so I'm kind of getting ahead of myself by doing like one episode a week at this point while I'm doing other side illustration gigs. And That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I like that. I figured a, enough of my audience on Instagram likes those shows in particular, so I just give them more of what they want until they get sick of it, and then I do something else based on the feedback. 
I think the big question we all want to know, though, Brett, uh, when are you going to get to going on doing in Caitlin's Way? Caitlin's Way. Oh, man, I haven't yeah, thought about that show before. I was just thinking about that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, two days ago, I just had, like, I was, while working, I just started thinking of Caitlin's Way and uh, the Eddie McDowd, whatever. Oh, yeah, 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Cousin and, uh, Skeeter. Shelby Wu. All those like lesser <laughs> Nickelodeon shows in the background, they're like, hey guys, remember us? Come on, don't you remember yeah. us? <laughs> no. well, they're all waiting for you to make beautiful artwork about them. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I guess I'm going to be the niche master, you know, taking care of all You're these shows that have You're going to be the no Messiah. Attention. Yeah. You're going to have like your Shelby Woo staff and your cousin Skeeter pen and you're going to rebrand them and make them beautiful again. You bet. And I'll be sitting on my Are You Afraid of the Dark Stone throne while doing it. <laughs> oh. Well, Brandon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I did nothing. That's good. Did you guys celebrate Labor Day? Because it is the week of Labor Day this this week. Not here. No? Oh, Labor sorry. Day is another day. I don't know when it is. Uh, it's not it's September not the 2nd? Same day. No. Oh, okay. All right. When I work on my art, there's no such thing as holidays or time for that matter. So if I have time for a vacation, I take it. Otherwise, I'm just working all the time. I, I hear you, man. I did spend time with my family, though, this week. So I didn't do I didn't do much of the podcast um, over the weekend. But mm-hmm. normally, I don't work on the podcast on the weekend anyway. No, it's good to have time for family. Balance things out. Yeah. So we went up to my wife's cottage again. Mm-hmm. God, I've been doing that a lot lately. It's like it's you have. almost like it's summer or something um and they had this grill up there like at um like a japanese steakhouse where it's like the flat iron and you just like use your spatulas and whip shit around and it cooks it oh yeah yeah that thing was amazing so cool sounds fun to use but i also feel like you need to be an expert at spatula flipping to enjoy it otherwise you might poke someone's eye out (laughs) (laughs) nah you just Make sure that there's like a perimeter around you. You got to put up the caution tape and then you can flip everything around. It's Maybe great. a safety net too. <laughs> Catch all the clippings and such. Exactly. It was cool though. I like cooking. So during the tale of the frozen ghost, mm-hmm. Maylene and um, Greta, they are two old women and they cook, they cook food and they cook mm-hmm. specifically macaroni and cheese and pie, right? Interesting. Yeah. So... Do they ever say what kind of pie in the episode? No, I don't think they do. It's up to the viewer's imagination. Canadian berry pie. Mm. What if it was a chicken pot pie? I love chicken pot pies. For dessert. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Anyway, I was uh, I had, I made some food because I also went over to my brother's house. The one that has all the pinball machines, actually. And um, cool. Yeah, I played them. They were great. Uh, but uh, he didn't trap anybody in them. Unfortunately. I was going to say if he had one shaped like a mall. No, uh, he's got a bunch right now. He's got a Spider-Man one, a Metallica one, and an Iron Maiden one. Ooh. Adam's Family, uh, Monster Bash. Man, those all sound really fun. Attack on Mars. That would be so cool to have. They're really machines. cool, but I'm I'm complete shit at pinball, and it makes me mad. Uh, so I can't play them for very long. I don't think I've ever played a pinball for more than like a minute. Yeah, that's, a, that's what happens to me. I run through my three balls or two balls or whatever, and I'm like, well. Good thing I didn't use a quarter for this one. I was going to say, do you have to pay to play at your brother's? You don't get a family discount? No, he's discount. got them all set up, so you don't. Uh, <laughs> no. Bummer. But anyway, so for his house, I made macaroni and cheese, and then I also made a pie. 
And I was talking to Brandon and I was like, wait a second. I'm a fucking old lady now. I made <laughs> mac and cheese and a pie. And I sent up a picture of them and they were both delicious. All you need now is the apron and you're good to go. Yeah, but so I was grating the cheese for the mac and cheese and I did it again. I grated my finger. Ooh, oh, ooh that's man. painful. <laughs> just, just like in the twisted claw. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's just uh-huh. your thing. I just... It was thankfully it was like on the first cheese, so I just threw it away and cleaned it. But yeah, yeah I, I grated once and it just hit my thumb, and I was like, "Well, there goes." I'm always worried that that's what's going to happen when I grate cheese. It's never happened, but every single time I do it, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty well, sure it's going to. Gotta get some protective gloves. I can let you know it happens. I'm what's I don't know what's next for me. Maybe a mandolin slice. I don't know. Who knows? Ugh, I don't want to think about that. Seems like a Are You Afraid of the Tart tale in the making. <laughs> it's like Final Destination, except for kids. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, are you guys ready to get into this episode? You betcha. Yeah. All right, me too. So we just got done watching The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. Um, hmm, I'm going to ask you guys, because I know what I thought about it, obviously. But uh, Brad, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I actually enjoyed it. You know, it's one of my favorite David tales of uh, season two. And I feel like there's a lot of sentimentality for it for me because, you know, I'm I'm not only an avid bike rider, but I also lost a friend when I was a kid, too. So there's kind of a memory connection there. And um, aside from the few scary moments, uh, I thought it was a really heartwarming story. Yeah, I think so too. And this is like the most real story we've had so far, which is totally. Oh, it's kind of like a culture shock. I don't know if culture shock is the right word, but it's kind of like a shock to the system compared to basically everything else we've had so far. But yeah, there's definitely a yeah, different. It's tone. a lot less goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much goofing. <laughs> yeah, really, not so much goofing. No, especially since the last episode was just whole packs of nonstop goofs. They were all goofed out, so they had to get real for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> David bringing down the whole Midnight Society. Yeah. Just some goofs over here, some post-traumatic stress over here. Oh my god, right? Yeah. Uh, did you like it, Brandon? Yeah. I liked it. I did too. I thought it was a really good episode. It was, like, predictable in a way. Like, I was pretty sure I had it all figured out pretty early on, and turned out that I did know what was gonna happen you're a baby genius yeah <laughs> i mean it's not not too hard to figure out what's going on but i liked it i did too i think it's probably my favorite david story so far yeah i'd agree there there isn't that many it's uh twisted claw lonely ghost dark dragon i did like lonely ghost too yeah i'd say those two are are tops so far yeah i'd say this is He's good, his best good with the ghosts yeah. He likes ghost stories, and Kristen likes ghost stories. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump I into I like this ghosts, nonsense. too, Kristen. We both like ghosts. Ghosts are my favorite. No All comment. Right, so. <laughs> <laughs> the episode starts out at the campfire. There's Frank, Kiki, Gary, and Betty Ann. They're all huddled next to each other, and they're roasting some marshmallows over the fire. And Gary looks around for a moment and says, let's give him a few more minutes. So Gary still hasn't implemented that fucking rule. 
Yeah, what's up with he that? He can be late. He needs to be an enforcer or else people are going to just have their way with him at the at the campfire. Good God. <laughs> I'm glad to see them roasting marshmallows. They should do that more. That's my favorite part of campfires. Totally. Mm-hmm. Making sure yeah. they like get nice and crispy so you blow it out and then you take it off and it's all <laughs> gooey and crunchy at the same time. Oh, yeah. I can't eat them like that. Mine have to be like almost barely brown. <laughs> like, <it basically laughs> really? is What's raw? the point? Lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the brown or the black crusty bits. I don't like it. I well, I don't, I don't burn mine until it's bit. incinerated. I just oh, get it I just right. It. I can't do it. So you can hear some sticks break in the distance, I guess. And Frank looks over and he says, I think that's them now. And then their well lit for out of their well lit forest walks Kristen and David, and Kristen apologizes about being late. And Gary says, "Hey, I heard about your bike getting stolen. You okay?" And David's like, "How did yeah, he hear well, about that? What can you do?" Um, I mean, there's still like telephones, I guess. No, I don't know. Maybe it's a carrier pigeon. Was it meant to be something that happened in the past, like I don't know, two weeks ago or something? They make it sound like it's only like something that happened this week. Yeah. Like Yeah. That's what in I between was... their last meeting. Well anyway, Kiki brings up the stupid point of how can you steal a bike? And we move over to Gary. He says, Yeah, it's like ripping off a part of somebody. And I'm just like, these kids are kinda naive. Like <laughs> A little bit. People steal bikes every day. How many bikes did your brother have stolen from him, Brandon? Remember like that? Like 30. He had like a bike stolen every other he week. He just kept buying them and they kept getting stolen. Guy <laughs> investing some bike locks. Yeah, even David says, what can you do? And I just thought, <laughs> um, get a bike lock. Exactly. <laughs> Don't leave your bike at the end of your driveway. Don't put a sign saying free, take me on it. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, come on, David. So David sits down at the storyteller throne and he says, yeah, I thought about that. It really ticked me off that somebody could take something that was so important to me. Because once you have the right bike, and then it flashes around to all the kids who look like pissed about the situation and stuff. He continues saying, it's yours forever, no matter who has it. And the camera moves over to Kristen, who says, but it's not a total. <laughs> but it's not a total loss because David oh, came thanks, up with Kristen. a story about it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you got something out of it, Kristen. <laughs> she's there for moral support. I'm glad she's happy. Like, David's parents are just like, Ugh, fucking damn it, David. Another one. Like, well, I had to I had to come up with a story, so I needed a You already lost your Game Boy. Gave it away to <laughs> someone. Yeah, and that inspired Pinball Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to lose stuff in order for him to keep telling tales. Maybe... <laughs> that- that's his, That's his shtick. inspiration. Yeah. He doesn't have brings props a and David magic gets shop stolen from him. <laughs> or an attic full of clothes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Ugh. Yeah, I was just like, okay, well, I mean, I, I guess there's a silver lining to every situation. I don't know. <sighs> David tells us that his story is about a kid and his bike. A bike that meant so much to him that he took it everywhere he went, including his own grave. Spooky. That's grim. I actually like the opener for this. It um it really set the tone well with the music. Like you started to feel feel like an ominous feeling. Kiki definitely feels ominous because she goes to eat her toasted marshmallow and she stops with it really close to her face uh-huh. and then she just looks to the side as a wolf howls. That wolf heard the opener. He he was howling in as like an applause. He wants those marshmallows. <laughs> 
He just wants the marshmallows, man. Sure. Frank does the same thing, but he doesn't have a marshmallow with him. And David hurls a fistful of monkey bone powder in into the fire, and the tale of the shiny red bicycle begins. Um, Brett, do you know what the actual powder is? We're going to continue calling it monkey bone dust from here until the end of time, but... Like, what was that powder? In my research uh, for my Airy Fair of the Dark book, it's actually non-dairy creamer. Okay, that's what I thought. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. if it was sugar or if it was non-dairy creamer. Okay. Um, I think actually it was just monkey bone dust that uh, Gary's dad grinds daily. I think that's the more <laughs> enjoyable answer. <laughs> it only makes sense. Yeah. So, as the tale starts, we get some rad 90s music. It starts playing. There's two kids on their bikes, one in a red jacket, sweatshirt thing, and the other in like a whitish gray sweatshirt. And the kids are riding their bike down a street. They go across a bridge with a guy in a golf cart. And then they go down some fields or something. The guy in the golf cart, he gets out and then he uses a classic Resident Evil puzzle solving crank to open up the dam in the water so that it lets just like a rush of water flow through an empty channel. I like that that's your frame of reference for <laughs> cranks. It was it was Resident Evil. <laughs> he went into his inventory and he was like, beep, combine. He picked bloop. up a crank, had to run back to his chest to put some herbs away before he had enough space for it. And then... He got rid of that ink ribbon that he didn't need right now. <laughs> exactly. And he allowed the water to Cranked flush that. away the zombies. <laughs> he was like, all right, let's get to killing some kids. And he cranked it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That was one mean <laughs> maintenance worker. You think uh, you'd check before you unleash the tidal wave. Yeah, that always bugged um, me. You know, yeah, right? There could be kids playing in there every time. <laughs> I mean, there's a bridge. Like, people are going to go down there. I yeah. bet you so many people die there. So many? He don't care. They just I get mean, flushed down the reservoir into the lake. <laughs> like a toilet. He's just like, well, wonder what other goodies I can get out of killing some more kids. <laughs> so the, i didn't look uh notice though is it like i guess spoilers for later he this happens again is it the same guy no it's a different guy I no checked. it's different oh darn i was hoping it was the same guy like just like in uh locker 22 you can only like, kill so many kids before <laughs> someone else gets promoted you yeah. get <laughs> you get promoted to principal of the school he quit out of boredom <laughs> You kill somebody, like you kill specifically a child, and you get to just keep doing it. <laughs> so the two kids, uh, they're riding their bikes. They're the names are Ricky and Mike. Ricky's the kid in white, and he's the only one that matters right now. They get to the bridge. Ricky yells, "I won!" And then they have some banter, and I couldn't really hear anything because when they're by the water in this episode, it's so loud that you can't really make out a lot of what they're saying sometimes. The gist is they're very excited for the start of fishing season. Yes, I was going to say okay. that. Yeah, that's what I got out of it, too, because they're talking about, like, get, catching a bass or something, just like fucking Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> the We could see some the water gushing down underneath the bridge they're on, and Ricky's holding on to this rickety old crappy wood for support uh, as the kids talk about how the channel's getting cleaned this weekend. Was that what they were talking about? Or was they talking about just fishing and cleaning fish? I think it was fishing because I remember Ricky saying something like, oh, I hope you can like learn how to bait and tackle something and right before, um, you know, the next scene happens. So I think they're just really caught up okay. in being excited for fishing. 
Yeah, okay, because then I have next, Mike talks about catching a bass or something, and then R- Ricky starts busting his chops about how he can't even bait a hook, and that he's yeah. no masturbator. <laughs> Does he say that? No. I'm my oh, that's just genius. your... Yeah. Uh, very good. Clever. I know, thank you. You are a cunning linguist. Hmm. Uh... When suddenly... <laughs> so suddenly the board that Ricky's leaning on just, like, falls off. And his red bike falls into the water, and Mike reaches out to, like, save his friend. He grabs on, but his backpack slips, and Ricky falls. And then Mike wakes up screaming about Ricky, and then his brother Ben walks into the room with a glass of water. He's like, hey, man, I'm a kid. You're a kid. You're screaming in your sleep. What's up? I didn't make a particular quote here in my notes, but I know he's just pretty much checking on him because they both sleep in the same room. So that's probably how he got woken up and is concerned for him. There's nothing of significance that happens before the next scene. So you're so. good. No. He tells him to yeah. go back to his bed. And then turns out his bed is like two feet away. That's the oh, only thing you know I wrote what? down. Yeah. I did have a really cool note at this point, though. Because Ben goes to sleep in his bed. And we see um, a, like a giraffe from Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that. Jeffrey the Giraffe. Uh, and I was just like, rest in peace, Toys R Us. Exactly. I can't believe we've gone that far in time that that's no longer a thing now. Thanks, Amazon. So the scene switches over. We're at we're at breakfast with the family. And we see Mike and Ben's mom and dad. And the dad is... A 70s porn star. Oh. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Do you want to know the the fun little fact about both the mom and the dad? Yes. Well, before that, the the mom is I don't know if you noticed, Brandon. It's Aunt Dottie. Uh, I she was familiar. I knew I'd seen her before, but I couldn't place her. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome, Aunt Dottie. So we got fucking Aunt Dottie. Uh, what's up with the dad though? Because I don't know anything about him. He is actually the delivery man from the Nightly Neighbors. <gasps> No shit, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. He gets a full episode. As soon episode as you role. said it, it clicked in my head. <laughs> and then, oh my god. And then the other oh. fact is that these uh, two people, Mark Comancho and Pauline Little, they're actually married in real life. So they're like a husband oh, wife duo that. who acts on Are You Afraid of Dark? Adorable. Yeah. Because Doctor Vink and Miss um, Clove are married too, aren't? Or were married? Yes. They, yeah. Exactly. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Are you for the dark bringing families together since 92? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Um, yeah, and then um, my notes for Ben. Uh, he is one of the twins from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah, with that sick, like, messy, big, mushroom, overgrown haircut. I remember that. Yeah, just like... <laughs> Either Zach or Cody, whichever one you want to pick. I don't mind. Or guys. maybe both at the same time. Cody. <laughs> oh, just an amalgamation of both children. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, for Mike, I put that he looked like KC from the Dark Dragon. I mean, if he was a character and he looked cooler and was a much better yeah, character. I thought the same thing. Mike's definitely a better oh. version. He's what KC wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's what he Keith like, should have turned into. A a bigger swig of the potion. Oh yeah, exactly. So they're um they're sitting at the breakfast table. They got like some muffins and a just a whole bunch of muffins. Aunt Dottie, aka Mom, is just cranking out muffins. And Way they, too many muffins. So, so many muffins. There's only four people. I want all those muffins though. 
She's got to make extras for the school. How many damn muffins do you need? She feeds the hungry after breakfast is done, okay? I'll get so that. They're eating breakfast and... Only uh, the stumps. <laughs> well, Dad... I'm just going to call him Dad because I don't think he actually gets a name. Does he, Brett? I know uh, he, Ruth is... He's credited in the credits as Leonard. We're just Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Not Leonard. There's a distinct difference. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. So Dad is like, you know, being Dad, and and Mike is eating his cereal, and Dad's like, "Hey, Mike, you're looking real sleepy over there. You don't want to fall asleep in your wacky flakes." Corn wackies. He says corn wackies. That's like one of my you favorite messed that lines. Up. That's my favorite line. <laughs> yeah, look what you did. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We're just gonna grab a clip of that because, of course, I put that up there. I was like, corn oh wackies. What the corn wackies. This is as ridiculous as in Never Ending Story Two when they had like Odies or whatever. Brought to you by <laughs> Insane Flakes. <laughs> <laughs> corn wackies. Looks like someone's gonna fall asleep in his corn wackies. So Mike didn't have a good night's sleep because he had another nightmare about Ricky, which is what Ben tells the family. And Dad, with a, just a full mouth of food, tells Ricky he needs to let that shit go. He needs to stop knocking himself around <laughs> oh God, over his death and stop blaming yourself and the nightmares will go away. And Ben rounds the corner. He says, yeah. And then the family's like, shut the fuck up. I don't know why. Yeah, it was a very odd moment. He wasn't like being an asshole or anything. I like to think that it's showing us that Ben just gets into shit, you know, gets into people's business or something. But Ben well, is like we're the shown later. He's brother. a bit of a goof, so <laughs> he's like the little brother that you want to have. Yeah, he's very Seems like a really cool friendly. Kid. He's not like a jerk yeah. or anything. So it... I gotta say, like this is the only really positive sibling relationship we've seen in the show. Yeah, um, they're Kathy never and Ouija, arguing hello? more. Uh, Kathy and Ouija uh, were inseparable. Eh. Yeah, but they did they like each other? Did they have a good bonds like Mike and Ben did? No. Ouija was given custody of Kathy and he's forced to take care of her. He's he's the protector of tickles. He's got this list and he's like, Alright, Josh, you can tickle her now and she's like, No, please. <laughs> oh. I still don't like that scene. Oh, like no, a pimp. It's off-putting. Yeah. Oh, so it, like I mean, we talked about that in Laughing in the Dark. I think they just that that episode is is good. Like it's a good episode. It's a classic episode. Yeah, it just, but man, too much with filler. all those interludes and the tickle scene. Too much. It's filler. like there's wh- what are they doing? Like there's not really even that much story. Mm-hmm. There's three scenes that matter. Yeah. He takes the nose. He gets scared. He puts the nose back. The end. <laughs> But I know why people like it, and it's still a good episode, even if it does have... I think people just kind of forget about that. Yeah. Selective memory. Anyway, so in that dream sequence that we got earlier, Mike was less important in it because at this point it's been five years, so he is an older teenager now. He's probably He's like... an old man. 16 or 17. I have to say they did a really great yes. job with casting for young Mike because they look and sound very similar. Like they're believable. Was it like his brother or something? I'm not sure. I, I, that I didn't or look into. Or did DJ into. just like grab, grab somebody off the street like they do in this episode? It's possible, but I thought it was very convincing of like a younger and older version of the same character. I always like when that happens in TV shows and movies. Yeah. I like when it is the opposite and it doesn't look you, at all. You like, like it when it's just horrible? <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious. Mm. Like in Joe Dirt. <laughs> Dewey from... Oh. <laughs> 
from my, Malcolm in the Middle is not David Spade. No. I mean, not if you put a mullet bit. on him, you, he might be able to fly. That's all they did. and it did. <laughs> That is all they did. But that's enough of a defining characteristic that <laughs> yeah, no one will you notice. can sort of buy it. The scene switches to in front of a school as Mike and his nameless friend are walking um, up to it. And they're talking about some shit that doesn't matter at all. Football. I didn't bother listening to it. It was stupid. It's it was sports. Like, it's football. Sports are dumb. Oh, man. I hope we never get like a sports episode of the show. This isn't the Jersey, so. Uh, we will. I've yeah. seen all 91 and memorized them, and I hate to disappoint you, but there's going to be at least one or two later on. No, there's not. Yeah, there but is. Mike stops. <laughs> <laughs> Way later on. Mike stops. <laughs> like in season six and seven? Yeah. All right. Well. That's okay. I haven't seen like any of season six and seven, so okay. Well, me we'll either. Eventually, no way, <laughs> way. <laughs> so Mike stops because at the bike rack he sees a shiny red bicycle, which reminds him of the flashback scene because Ricky was riding a sh- shiny red bicycle. The name of the episode. Yes, um, only one person has a red bicycle. Yeah. Did you notice all the others were silver and not like random they colors? Were all- boring colors no they were all drab and boring except for this beautiful red bicycle yeah that would definitely stop you in your tracks and be like red bicycle what the hell that must be ricky's i want to steal it (laughs) i don't really though it it, it gives us a flashback scene of the flashback that we watched where ricky's bike fell into the water and then his friend asks him what's up and mike's like Mike, like, looks at him for a moment, looks back at the bike, and it's a different one now. It's an ugly, boring, not even red bike. And Mike, Mike's like, uh, did you just... But nah, never mind. The kids walk away. The scene changes to inside of classroom this time, as the teacher is talking about the lunar landing, you know, Buzz Aldrin, and yada, yada, yada. Mike isn't paying any attention to it, because he's busy daydreaming, and he's chewing on a pen cap, as the teacher calls him out for not listening, she yells at him until he looks at her, and, and then she asks if he's paying attention. He's like, uh, yeah. And then she embarrasses him by asking him what they're talking about, and he's like, uh, well, I, uh. And the teacher drops the sass bomb on his not ass quite. and says, We're not covering I or uh until next semester. She really lays into Mike for just daydreaming. I felt that was too harsh. Yeah. Like, he was just spacing out, just say, pay attention and move on rather than harp on it. And then she goes into her personal life about having the in-laws over <laughs> the previous night. So I'm like, geez, don't tell me your life story. I get it. <laughs> I'll pay attention. I know yeah. that it's sure been most five of the years. class isn't listening to her. Yeah, I wouldn't. Why do you have to single be. out this one guy? Yeah, it's just they'll traumatize him even this further. episode. I like this episode, but it is very 90s in the way that it's dealing with like traumatic issues and you know therapy and stuff especially later on with the dad he says something that really bugs me yeah Hmm. yeah i think i know what you're talking about but like like i said everybody just i mean obviously the teacher doesn't know what's going on but it's like the way that they deal with like mental health and stuff in this issue or this episode is just very primitive yeah compared to what it is today i don't like that part but i understand it because it's just a it's just the times. It's a very unaware perspective compared to now. Like everyone is yeah. very supportive of it these days. And like, oh, if you're not feeling well, you have depression, anxiety, whatever. Go see a therapist or a specialist. They'll get you fixed up. Back then it's like, you don't feel well, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like therapy is like witchcraft at this point in life. 
pretty much. The teacher walks over to his desk and gets all close to him, and and she's saying like, "You may be having a bad day, but I had my in-laws over for dinner last night, and needless to say, I need you to cut me some slack, okay?" And he says, "Okay." Why does she need the slack? He's the one who needs the slack. She doesn't know he needs slack, though. Not yet, anyway. Mm. Well, I mean, she's yelling in his face, like teachers like to do that. <laughs> it's a power trip. Daydreamed for five seconds. She's crazy. She's almost as bad as Crenshaw, but <laughs> I liked her acting better. Yeah, yeah, I'll give her yeah. that. So she's like, okay, good. She walks back over to the front of the room and she says, okay, now back to the moon. And Mike looks around the classroom and then he looks shocked as we're shown the door to the classroom. And Ricky's there in his grayish white hoodie. And he reaches out for Mike, who um, understandably freaks the fuck out. He gets out of his seat, which is really difficult because it's it's one of those seats that like wraps around you. Yeah. So he gets up and he's like those. got the seat on his butt. It, it seems <laughs> it seems like he took out like everyone else's seat within a five foot radius of him when he got you know shooken <laughs> up. It's quite a sight. He, he does, you know, he does really good work at being scared. Yeah. Like he he backs up. All the kids are like surrounding him, and he's like he says like, "Oh look, it's Ricky." And he backs up some more. The, the kids and the teacher swarm him, and then the scene changes. But he does a really good job of being startled. I really enjoyed this kid's acting. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's not like in Locker 22 when you see the ghost and it's just some random chick and you're like, what the hell is that? Like, he's seeing his dead best friend. Like, yeah. this is really traumatic. It's not just spooky in the way that ghosts are spooky. No, it's like a real-life yeah, spook. Like, like, it's yeah. a whole other level. And I think he... He acts well. Definitely. He does. Yeah. Um, I especially liked it in the nurse's office, which is where we're headed next. Oh, yeah. We're in the nurse's office. The nurse is checking Mike's eyes, and she asks him who Ricky is, since he mentioned the name of him in the classroom. Mike tells her he was a friend, and she asks if they had a fight. Mike's like, uh, I don't don't know. And then the nurse interrupts after taking off his blood pressure cuff, which I don't know why – he had a blood pressure cuff on because she wasn't wearing a stethoscope. So there's no way that she could check his blood pressure, but whatever. And she tells Mike to put this ice pack on his neck. And then she asks if Ricky and him got into a fight again. Um, since he said he was a friend and Mike says, no, he's dead. Um, five years ago now. And the nurse looks pissed for a moment for some reason. Yeah. She's like, I, I oh, noticed that. Well, I don't get that. Why was she mad about it? Like fucking no kid dies under my rule. Like, what? <laughs> That should be a screenshot for your post. <laughs> so the nurse looks pissed off and she's she's like, oh, you're talking about that Haggerty boy. And I was like, um, I know that it's his last name, but it just sounds so like like an insult to to Ricky. Yeah. And she probably just couldn't remember all the different kids that die down there. Oh, oh, so many kids get whooshed away by water. Yeah. Maybe Mike's not the first one to come to the nurse's office with... Uh... With similar issues like that. Yeah, cut me some slack. We've all had friends die down by the river. <laughs> That's why she's pissed. Is because like, ah, oh, fuck, another one. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> that would justify her emotion. She's like, so you're still having a hard time with his death? And Mike says, sometimes. And the nurse asks, how so? Mike tells her that once in a while I have some dreams. Well, they're actually more like nightmares, really. And I'm always trying to save Ricky's life, but just like at the bridge, I can't. And he's looking out the window now, and he continues saying, I keep hoping the next time I'll be able to help him. 
and then he says he drops his bombshell it says you know they never even found his body mm. this this nurse too she pipes up and she says you know that when the dream comes out the right way it won't change the fact that your friend's dead he's fucking dead he's dead and your mom's gonna die he's dead and it's your fault <laughs> i'm gonna die and your brother if only you were stronger, Mike. Why is everyone such a pessimist? Is that a thing in the nineties? I don't. I don't even know, man. I don't remember it. The pessimism, I should say. Yeah, it hits hard. Just like this is, like I said earlier, like the whole mental health issue. You think at least the nurse would be able to like comfort yeah. this kid, but she's just like, you know, even if you do the right thing in your dream, he's still gonna be fucking dead. So why even bother, Mike? Oh. Like. I think it's just like a too cool for school 90s attitude that is infected in everyone's brain in this episode, except for Ben and Mike and maybe Ricky. (laughs) Well, then Mike says, well, that's just the thing, though. He's not really gone. I just saw him today. And she's like, what? And Mike backpedals (laughs) saying, "Uh, I mean, I'm not feeling well. The nurse tells Mike she's going to let him go home early today. And he's not feeling well because of these nightmares and lack of sleep. And as she says this, you can hear some sort of ghost-like sound coming from outside. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brett. I think he says, I'm cold? I did hear that. <laughs> maybe maybe the frozen ghost was down there, too. Mike, or I mean, Ricky would understandably be also cold. So yeah. he, he might is be cold. cold and wet. He does have Confirmed his jacket, that though, He's cold. Cold and wet. Hoodie. Clammy. So... Mike like cranes his neck to look outside the window again because he's hearing this voice. The nurse tells him to go get some rest this weekend, and she's going on and on about feeling better or whatever. Who fucking cares? Mike walks over <laughs> to the window. He looks out, and fucking Ricky is there with his bicycle. So he fades away, and then his bike fades away shortly after that. And Mike looks around the room uh, to tell the nurse about it, but fucking Ricky's in the room now, and he's like <laughs> reading a kid's confidential file. <laughs> God damn it, Ricky. Stay out. Why is Ricky reading something? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it was a really good Who good, let like, him have that up. file? It's probably Mike's file. He had lice last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Ricky looks over at Mike, who understandably gets like scared as hell. And he backs up against the window and he drops his ice pack dramatically on the ground. And um, it does this cool thing where, like, the nurse is talking to him, but you can't really hear anything that he's saying because, you know, Mike is going into shock from seeing a ghost. It was really cool. Yeah, I like that part. And it, it in a horrifying effective. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't wish upon that in real life, but it was a cool <laughs> yeah. effect. And then we get uh, <laughs> the commercial break. Back from commercial, we're now in a car. Presumably dad's car because Mike is in there and dad is driving and Mike's like, this stinks. This really stinks. Why did you have to go and take me to see Dr. McBride? I don't get that part. He was a therapist, I'm assuming, or a psychologist. I guess that would make the most sense. But his dad gets really shitty with this poor kid who I put in my notes should really just go get some therapy for his traumatic childhood event. Yeah. And, I mean, they should have gotten him that a long time ago. Before yeah. anything. Even if it's like taboo or whatever back then. You should do what's best for your kid. Yeah, totally. I feel like parenting back then was like 
suck it up. And if you're dealing with trauma, you just work through it or tough it up or shove it down just, deep down. You just go to Playland every night. Yeah. Yeah. Until you become Zebo. <laughs> These kids are raising themselves. Yeah. I mean, parents haven't been prominent in these episodes anyway, but these parents are, um, well, I guess, I mean, Aunt Dottie, a.k.a. Mom, she's not bad because she doesn't do anything, but I don't like this dad. I don't like him very much. He has some great dad jokes, but aside from that, he's a very uh, disciplinary type figure where he's like, you shouldn't feel that way. Go do that. You know, ordering the kids around. So, you know, Mike just was talking about how much it stinks and stuff and, and why he had to take him to the, the doctor. And dad's like, I don't know, maybe because you went into shock in the nurse's station raving about seeing your dead best friend. It might have something to do with it. Huh, Mike? He's dead. He's dead, Mike. <laughs> D-E-D. Dead. Never coming back. Go throw away that picture frame you have right next to your bedside with him. He's dead. Everybody just wants him to know his friend is dead. Just to remind you, he's fucking dead. This is a depressing universe for this character to be in. Everyone's against him. Mike's upset, though, because he says, I've never missed the first day of fishing season. Not once. Not even the year Ricky died. And Dad's like, sorry, but Doc says you have to be on bed rest. And Mike tries to argue, saying, I saw what I saw. I'm not crazy. But Dad says, I know you think you did. But the doctor says, and Mike interrupts him, saying, in like a very casual way. Stop the car. Because he sees a kid with the same hoodie on as Ricky riding a red bike. And Dad slams on the fucking brakes. He's just like... <laughs> it comes to a, just a dangerous screeching stop. Yeah. <laughs> that it, part was ridiculous. It was very abrupt. Like there was a deer in front of him just off screen. Yeah. Mike was just like, hey, could you slow down? And Dad was just like... Screech! <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Just like the mailman from Nightly Neighbors. He probably just plows into people at his leisure. I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Mike explains to his dad that he just saw Ricky driving his bike down the road. And his dad starts to like physically fuss about it. But, but he's, Mike's like, come on, dad. This will prove I'm not crazy. So dad turns the car okay. around and they start stalking a poor child on a bike. <laughs> so his idea here. Is that they're going to follow this kid and it's going to prove he's not crazy. Yeah. So the kid's going to be Ricky. Let's logically, he must think that maybe Ricky somehow survived. Maybe he fell, hit his head on a rock, got amnesia, didn't actually die and wandered the streets. Still alive out there somewhere. Yes. But. Even if that incredibly unlikely scenario were true, he would not be a little kid anymore. He would not be wearing the same clothes. There's no possible outcome of chasing this child that ends with him not being crazy. Well, okay. Yeah, but also he did see Ricky and the bike, so... Maybe he's trying to prove that other people can see ghosts, but I don't think that flies... Since uh, parents never believe the kids in Are You Afraid of the Dark Tales. No. They're not going to go and yeah see a ghost. It just further reinforces that Mike is crazy and everyone hates him. Mike is crazy. And his friend is fucking dead. Yeah, that too. And his dad stalks children <laughs> in cars when they're on their bike. Yeah, it's it's creepy. Well, it's a bit much, yeah. especially since this guy's got that rockin' 70s porn stash, and he looks like a serial killer. 
Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your school nurse. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our 23rd episode covering the tale of the shiny red bicycle. We all had a really fun time with this episode, and I want to thank Brett again for being our guest. Are you interested in supporting the show? We have three tiers available on our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. You can join the ranks of the Bronze Beths, the Silver Goths, or the Golden Bostics. Each tier has their own rewards, such as stickers, unedited episodes, bonus episodes, and more. I'd like to thank our three Golden Bostic tier patrons, Michael, Brett, and Bryce, as well as our Silver Goth tier patron, Kathy. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out our Instagram, that's at Private Island Presents, and Twitter, at PRVT Island, to see the characters from each episode that we're talking about, and fun and hilarious gifts that Brandon makes each week. There's a link tree link in the episode description where you can find our Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and even our merch store, so check it out. Our Season 2 wrap-up episode will be recording this Friday, October 4th. If you have any questions or stories you want to share, and you want to hear them in our episode, get them in. Email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please tell someone about it, because everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? You can also give us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts. As always, I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme from Toby Fox, and I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Up next, we have a promo from one of my favorite podcasts, the Ignorance Was Blisk podcast, so take a listen. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did making this episode. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. So the dad, like, follows this kid on the bike, and he screeches to a stop as the kid stops on their bike, too. Mike ambushes this poor little girl on her shiny red bicycle, and, like, dad calls him over to the car, and he's like, that's it, pal. Bedtime for you. And Mike's like, didn't you think just for a second that was Ricky? And dad's like, uh, nope. <laughs> Even though he, like, fucking ruined his brakes and stalked a kid. He because... must have, though, if he's if he slammed on the brakes, like... Maybe there's just an iota of belief there that, like, okay, I'll throw him a bone, see what happens. Exactly. Like, he had to have thought for a brief moment. Yeah. Otherwise, he would just kept driving home. I think it was it was to show his son. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take me on this wild goose chase, but you'll see that you're just crazy (laughs) and your friend is dead. Also. Well, that's what he does too, because Dad's like, yeah. Ricky's dead, Mike. Let's go home. <laughs> the scene fades, and we're in Mike's room, and Mom's there. She's being all loving and caring or whatever, even though it's secretly Aunt Dottie. So who knows what the fuck's going on in her mind. But <laughs> Ben's there. 
<laughs> because he's like that adoring little brother that just has to be by his big brother's side all the time. And in walks dad and he's he's like, Ruth, enough with the thermometer shit. The poor kid's been poked and prodded enough for one day. And mom pops out the thermometer and says, aha, I knew it. 99.6. Dad forces out this dad joke and says, well, when it hits 100, we'll sell. <laughs> ben doesn't understand the joke. Mike tells him it's about stocks. And then dad tells him that they're going to go out and get a movie and asks Mike if he needs anything. And he says, no, I'm good. And then they tell Ben to come on, but he wants to stay with Mike. And Mike's like, yeah, he can stay. He's only going to be there for a little bit anyway. So dad's like, okay, fine. But hit the road once he starts nodding off. What movie do you guys think they rented? <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Ooh. All your friends are dead. And there's no way to change it. I'm going to go. I'm going to bet it was like Stand By Me. Ah, that's a good one. Very appropriate. So the two brothers, they start having this heartwarming conversation about how much Ben's going to miss not fishing with them tomorrow. He's never been to the river without him. And, and Mike's like, that's no sweat, man. You know, I've been there. I've been going there since I was 10. You'll have your friends with you. But then Ben, being like a little insensitive shit for a moment, just like his dad's like. Just like he used to go with Ricky. Yeah. You know, the kid that you didn't save, the one that died. You remember, they never found his body. Remember that? <laughs> Ugh. The friend who's always going to be dead. <laughs> He's never going to be alive again because that's not how life works. Remember him? The one you killed. <laughs> oh, Ben, you little shit. He's trying his best to be friendly. He just has to wedge that in there because that's how David told the story. Oh, man. There's something related to Kristen here. I just know it, but I don't know what it is. Maybe, Maybe we'll talking about, about dead friends tries to impress her. I don't know. Their relationship is so weird. It is. They look at a picture that Mike has by his bedside of him and Ricky, which is also kind of weird, but whatever, I guess. I mean, the kid can do what he wants. Um, and Ben asks Mike if he really saw him. Mike laughs for a moment and says, I swear I did, Ben. I've never heard of this before. He says, everyone thinks I'm a few sandwiches short of a picnic. I love that quote. I want to use I've it. never heard I, I like say any. That before few blank short of a blank sayings yeah i feel like we need to work it into everyday conversation somehow there's probably some good are you afraid of the dark themed ones to oh i'm just a few marshmallows short with. of a marshmallow roast no that doesn't really all work. right you guys are not bad short of a goofin <laughs> a few goofs short of a goofin <laughs> <sighs> well ben tells him that he believes him and mike tells him thanks and says, if everyone believed me, I wouldn't be stuck in bed all weekend. And um, and then Mike says, hey, you know what? Tell you what. Mom and dad are going grocery shopping on Saturday, right? And Ben nods. And Mike says, okay, come up and wake me up and I'll go with you. And Ben's like, you will? Mike says, yeah. Not like I'm really sick anyway. Even though you are. You are, Mike. You're sick. But <laughs> sick. Ben gets excited. And, and then he asks what that dad joke was was really about and he's like was it dirty <laughs> mike says no and also it sucked and your yeah, jokes porn dad only tells dirty jokes i wouldn't surprise me quite frankly yeah there's probably a hidden meaning in that stock joke somewhere brett you gotta find it <laughs> that's your job uh even if i did i don't think it's appropriate for this audience i don't even know you it. need to go track down track down that fat man from nightly neighbors in this episode and is he even still alive hopefully because you got to go and talk to him 
That's so like, much hey, work. Remember that? Remember that dad joke you did back in like 1993? <laughs> what was that about? Maybe go to the writer. Yeah, that might be a safer bet. That was uh, Cassandra Sheffhausen, according to my notes. She wrote a few episodes. What other ones did she write? Uh, trying to think. Did she write Lonely Ghost? No, that was Naomi Jensen. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It wasn't many. It was like a small handful later season in the series. All the sports okay. ones. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ben tells this really terrible joke. Ask me why I'm a great comedian. Why are you a great comedian? Timing! After the joke, Mike grabs a pillow and just starts assaulting Ben with it. <laughs> it was playful. I liked this moment. It was just a nice moment between brothers. It was, yeah. yeah. He just takes that pillow and he's like, give a shit. He starts smacking the shit out of him with it. He's like, yeah, take that. And he smashes it in his face. And and then we get a change. <laughs> and then he kills That's another a- kid. First Ricky. <laughs> and now they both haunt him. <laughs> he's just getting a collection of ghosts. <laughs> he's like, I'll but, make uh, sure Ricky's not lonely at all. Exactly. <laughs> You bring the lonely ghost, you bring Ben, and they'll all show up at school every so often to traumatize Mike, and it'll be and, a good time. And then and they'll be like, kid. oh shit, there's that cold kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not welcome Who's to the party yet. <laughs> Candy's just sitting there fingering her beads. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. <laughs> so the scene changes after that. We're in Mike's room. It's dark. He's sleeping or whatever. The door to his room opens up, and Mike asks if it's Ben, but it's not Ben. It's fucking Ricky. And he walks into the room, and he starts to, like, zombie walk over to Mike, grabbing for him. And then Mike wakes up panting. Oh, this scene gave me such chills growing up. Like, when I first saw the episode, it was just the way that it was framed low angle, and everything was all, like, hazy, and it looked like he was going to come right out of the TV and choke you. I think this was probably yeah. the scariest moment of the episode. He looks pretty menacing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and like we know what he wants. He's not. Yeah, yeah right. He's not being menacing. So, do you think that this actually happened, or do you think this is just a nightmare? I think it's a hallucination because it's out of character for Ricky. I think so too. I don't think this was actually Ricky doing this. I think it was just him having a nightmare about the situation because at this point exactly. he doesn't know Ricky is not trying to. He doesn't him. know his intentions. Yeah. So scene changes. It's morning. Mike's still sleeping. We get a first-person shot of somebody walking up the stairs all slow-like. I don't know what they were going with. Did they try to in, like insinuate it was Ricky? I don't know. For a few seconds, maybe. Yeah. It turns out to be Ben. He gets to the top of the stairs, uh, probably on his way to wake up Mike to go fishing, when out pops Dad, who's like, Hey, where do you think you're going? <laughs> He's going to his fucking room, Dad. Like Ben's like, oh, yeah, yeah, is it really that odd for him to be upstairs? Exactly. I was like, what the fuck? Ben's like, uh, well, well, I need my tackle box. Yeah. Yeah. My tackle box. <laughs> yeah. That's the ticket. That was, that was what I was thinking. That's my brain fucking finally blobbed out. Dad's like, uh, you know, that shit's in the garage, right? And <laughs> this is, this is the line that I hate the most. Dad's like, you know, that's, that shit's in the garage, right? Has everyone gone wacky around here? Yeah. And I'm like... Too many corn wackies. (laughs) It's permeating his dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he summed up this shit to. This kid is having... like He had a traumatic life experience, and it's just haunted him for years. And, oh, he's just wacky. 
Let's send him to the loony bin. Get a new kid. I don't... Fuck you, dad. He gets the award for least useful parenting. Spoiler That's a friend. tough category on Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot sorry. of contenders for this. We were supposed to save that for the season two wrap-up. <laughs> it's a lot of contenders for a lot of things. Everybody, All the main <laughs> characters are either the worst or the best. <laughs> right. It's a very polarizing series, but it makes it fun at the same time to talk about. Definitely. It does. So dad's like, okay, come on, go get your stuff. Mom and I will give you a ride to Gower's River. And Ben says he w- he'll walk, but Dad's like, uh, you're getting in the fucking car. Ben's like, okay. <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> As he walks down the stairs, and Dad says, good. Now, don't sound so excited about it. Dad <laughs> walks, walks over to Mike's room, sees Mike sleeping, and shuts the door. Jeez, he's such a, like, taskmaster right in this scene. He's just ordering <laughs> poor Ben around, and he's, he's probably going to get traumatized, too, somehow, from fishing. Yeah, he's like, Ruth! Make me a sandwich. Yeah. He he looks like a like gentle, jovial, kind of palsy dad, but the way he delivers his line is very opposite. Like, you want to fear him rather than be his chum. Yeah. He's like, do you see this mustache? <laughs> Listen to what I say. This mustache commands you to get in my car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's actually gross. Maybe it's... <laughs> Maybe it's controlling him, and maybe he is really a good guy, but the mustache is evil. Kind of like in that <laughs> Simpsons episode with the evil wig on uh, Snake it's or like whatever. A, a brain slug. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Animorphs territory, guys. We got to get out of here. Whoa. That's okay, we've gone year. too far. <laughs> <laughs> so outside, Ben starts chucking rocks at Mike's upstairs window. It tries to wake him up, but it doesn't work because Mike is just the heaviest sleeper ever, I guess. That shit would wake me up right away, but... Well, I'm glad he's getting some sleep. He does need it. I'm also glad he didn't break a window. A car rolls up to Ben, and he just kind of hops in because it's his dad. Some time passes, I guess, and uh, some wind blows into the room and, like, jostles Mike's collection of handheld flags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there was not an American flag or a Canadian flag in that... Maybe he's not very patriotic. of flags. I guess not. So it shakes his table. You can hear Ricky calling for Mike from outside. Mike gets up. He looks outside his window, but doesn't see anything. And then he hears Ricky's voice again. He looks outside and Ricky materializes with his bike. Mike gets pissed and throws his jeans on saying he's just sick of this shit. Yeah. It's like, fuck this. Sick of it. I wish you would die. Oh, whisper my name. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to face his fear. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that he's, like, you know, going to go and confront Ricky, I guess, but it's just kind of yeah, it's, it's about time. Yeah. Okay, so the scene switches over to Ben, and he's he's got his little fishing gear with his little, little buddies, and he's walking by a bridge, <laughs> and, and then one of Ben's little asshole friends uh, with a stupid poofy jacket says, hey, isn't that where your brother's friend got killed? <laughs> And they just oh. keep on walking. Like, how insensitive is that? Yeah, I don't like that... this friend, especially what he does in no. the next scene. He's yeah. the worst. Unnamed friend number two is the worst. Unnamed friend number three, though, he's okay. Yeah, he's just chilling with his rod. <laughs> um, I don't know which one says it, but one of them says, like, keep moving. I don't want to hear about Ricky anymore. I think it was Ben. 
I don't know. I think so. The camera pans over to a metal chain link fence that says danger on it. So did they just like put this fence up where Ricky died? To, That's like, the make impression sure I got. Fall? Okay. Yeah. Cause time has passed since then. And you know, they figured maybe a few other kids fell off too. So the town had to do something about <laughs> it. Okay. That makes sense. But also there's so many other ways to die here. Which we'll find out about. <laughs> yeah. They had a meeting, a town hall meeting. And they were like, all right, Dozens of kids are dying each week. What can we do? What does the budget allow for? Well, I've got a sign that says danger. All right, done. Pizza loose board. We check back in with Mike, who's outside his house now. He's calling out for Ricky, and he's got a sweet leather jacket on. He calls out a whole bunch, and finally, Ricky like appears behind him, and he says, Here I am, Mike. Now, um, he finally just talks instead of saying, Mike. Yeah, yeah right. I think he's one of the first ghosts who actually has cohesive sentences uh, in That's the series so far. Too. Not a lot of chatty ghosts in the show. No, they just like to point and show up. Point and nod when you correctly do what they want you to do. Yes, and tell you yeah. what temperature they are feeling. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mike looks at him and he's like, here I am just like that here i am and he reaches out and he touches ricky which i thought he was gonna be like holy shit you're like real or whatever i thought he was gonna put his hand through him yeah me too but But that was a little bit of a shocker mike just says you're cold (laughs) (laughs) and we switch back over to ben ben and the gang and ben accidentally knocks over his douchebag friend's drink so the kid grabs Ben's bobber and he just hurls it with this like superhuman strength a mile away into the channel. And yeah. Ben's like, what? what the fuck, bro? A dick. He yeah. said, sorry, that's an accident. What did you do that for? <laughs> sorry, another accident. It's like, uh, you but it actually was an accident when Ben did it. Yeah. At this point, Ricky should, Ricky should go find douchebag friend number two and just put him in the channel and end it yeah that's what his, dark but <laughs> that's what he wanted the whole time he want he didn't want ben he wanted a douchebag friend he's like mike i need you to kill a kid for me <laughs> <laughs> i got a hit <laughs> <laughs> oh ben sighs and he goes over to find his hurled bobber back with mike uh he tells ricky he tried to save him but if that wasn't good enough you know just do whatever you want for me because he thinks that Ricky wants revenge or whatever. Ricky tells Mike he isn't there to hurt him, but because he's his best friend, Mike asks Rick why Ricky keeps coming after him. And Ricky says he's here to warn him. And Mike starts yelling at him about it. And then Ricky stops him. He's like, Mike, it's Ben. And then we switch over to Ben who's working his way down some rocks and stuff to go get his bobber. Super interesting stuff. Switching back to Ricky and Mike. Ricky tells Mike that Ben's in danger. He tried to tell him yesterday at school, but Mike, Mike's got to get over there before it's too late because he did not try to tell him at school. No, he was just fun. All he through did his is files. stare and lift his arms up and read files. If he wanted to be more effective, he should have waved him in the hallway saying, Mike, come here. I got to tell you something rather than just standing there all menacingly. He could have appeared and said, Hey, Ben's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Pop. Just like that, in and out. So, yeah. 
I have a question though. Okay. He was reading those files. I know I'm getting like way too in this. He's reading those files. Do you think that file was real then? Do you think that the nurse seen that file floating? If he could pick stuff it up, why didn't he nurse. just write a message on it like a chalkboard for Ben or for Mike? I have a theory he about that. was seeing the nurse as Ricky. Yeah. So it was just the nurse holding the file. See, oh, is that what that's, it was? Yeah. That's what was um, happening in the episode. But I thought, you know, me being my imaginative self, that it was Ricky looking at, okay, who's going to die next? And, you know, kind of reading their chart and... It happens to be Ben saying, he's like, oh, shoot, he's not supposed to be here yet. So I better tell Mike about this. That is way more interesting. It is, but also Ricky had already materialized in front of him, hadn't he? Sort of. Not not like in this scene where he says, here I am. It's it's kind of like preemptive materializing. Like he's trying to become physical rather than just a ghostly apparition. So maybe at this point he wasn't like a strong enough ghost to get more than words out. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like okay. it takes energy to show up because that's ghost logic. <laughs> yeah, ghost logic. All right, sure. <laughs> so we switch back to Ben after um, Ricky tells Mike that his brother is at the bridge where he died. Switching back to Ben, he gets his foot caught in a rock. And that's all that happens. Back with Mike. <laughs> Ricky offers up his shiny red bicycle so that Mike can get to his brother. Mike grabs the bike and he, he starts to go. He turns around and he's like, I miss you, Ricky. And Ricky misses him I miss too. You too Mike. And then Ricky tells Mike, get he's got to get going. It's a long ride. And we don't want Ben on this side just yet. Yeah, I like that scene a lot. It's very emotional, like in all the right ways. Like you could feel for it's Mike. two best friends telling each other how they feel oh. and you know it's not your fault i died it's it's the kind of closure that you don't get in real life totally yeah. but also i like the part where he's like we don't want ben yet like they have like the dead have plans for ben <laughs> it'll yeah. be in the sequel <laughs> we'll take ben but not today like we yeah. can't have him until he rules the world mike gets on his bike and off he rides to go save his brother so the bike's not a ghost bike right now Nope, no, it's a real bike. The, yeah. the ghosts and Ricky are both physical. Yeah, because yeah, they had enough ghost power to become physical. Yes, they powered up. They leveled up to. They're like level, level fifteen now, and they they got whoa. They transmutate into real life peoples for a moment. Yep. All right. <laughs> Back with Ben, he's screaming for help, but his two fucking idiot friends can't hear him. They don't give a shit. They want. They want Ben to die. They brought him there to kill Ugh. him. Worst friends ever. <laughs> Mike's like pedaling his way to, to save the day when he passes by a guy in a golf cart who gets out. He's got that Resident Evil fucking crane. Yep. The kid killer valve. Crank. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting right to work on killing a kid. It's in his job description. He has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tension building um, in this episode. I, you know, they've done this a couple times now where they like switch back and forth between like two characters, one in trouble, one not, and I like that. Yeah, we'll go back to Ben. (laughs) (laughs) But I like the tension building here. It's it's cool. Um, we go back to Ben though, and he's calling for help, and Mike rides his bike up some more, but then the water starts rushing down the channel as Ben's screaming. It's really loud. 
um, Mike rides his bike over and he sees the bridge where Ricky died. And he just like has this audio flashback of the situation where we just hear him being like, Oh, Ricky, no bike falls. Yeah. He hesitates. Like maybe some of his past grief is still um, affecting him before he can save his brother. Yeah. He's got like this audio fucking Vietnam flashback. Yeah. Which is understandable, I guess. He's been through some shit, man. I mean, I can't say that I've ever had had an audio flashback. Have I ever had a flashback? Have you guys ever had a flashback? I mean, I guess that's just memory. Are flashbacks memory. a real thing? I don't know. I've had flashbacks, but they never look like this. It was just more like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I guess it'd be the same thing as remembering something, wouldn't it? I would say so. Oh. Hmm. I think that's a topic for a different podcast. <laughs> uh he was stunned for a moment by that, uh, by looking at the bridge. Uh, but then he hears Ben screaming for help, so he throws the bike down. He makes his way down to his brother. He gets there in time as the water's, like, rushing. He tosses aside the rock that's got his brother's boot under it, and the two make it back to shore right before the rushing water just, like, blasts open in the opening of that channel and into the lake or wherever it goes. Ben's leg is hurt, and Mike says he can't tell if it's a break or a sprain, but he's all right. At this point, it is super loud in this episode with all that child-killing rushing water everywhere. But the brothers hug, and they say, okay, let's go. Mike looks over at Ricky's bike, and it's just a rusted and ruined mess. And that's the end of the episode. I thought that was a really cool, like, touch. The bike. I think so, too. That bike just could have just not been there, but to have it as that rusty mess, that was awesome. Because it brings things full circle once Mike feels better um, about getting a second chance by saving his brother. Because now, as David explains after the tale ends, you know, later that day a fisherman found his rusty bike and Mike's dead body. And he mentioned why did it take so long all these years for both of them to appear. And some say it was the shiny red bicycle in Mike's dreams. So it's kind of like this grief just waiting to be released so that all these events could unfold. Yeah. It was really cool. I liked it. Yeah. Definitely. I liked the symbolism, but I didn't need to hear about them finding Ricky's Ricky decaying remains. corpse. Yeah. I mean, it, I agree with you, but also, I am I mean, it's kind of cool that they did say it because they did mention in the episode once or twice that they never found Ricky's remains. So it's yeah. kind of like, a, was he really down there? Well, no, he wasn't because... Mm, that's where I have a problem too, though. Why? Because does Ricky ha- have future vision? <laughs> like, Maybe. I, I guess yeah. he has to. He does. He just. Why didn't he help all those other kids that died? Presumably, it's just like they nope, weren't his bad. best friend. <laughs> that's the that's the key He's component. He's linked emotionally. Yeah. All right. Sure. Okay. So the moral of the story, I think, is that sometimes it's okay to help ghosts. Most of the time, it's not <laughs> though. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yep. Same. I mean, I don't have too much more to say about this episode because it was very, very solid. All the loose ends are tied up. It was a really good episode. Yeah. yeah. And they don't do much afterwards. They just kind of close the campfire and head out and there's really no discussion about it. Yep. Nobody's yeah, uh, yeah. too scared to leave the campfire. They're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I mean, go. Back at the Midnight Society, uh, David says basically they found the remains after like the very next day. Uh, Why did it take so long? Well, Mike would tell you because he wasn't even down there um, until he paid back the favor to an old friend. And the kids all nod, especially Kristen. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Betty Ann hands Gary the red bucket of water. He declares the meeting closed. 
until next time. And then he dumps the water on the fire. The kids get all just get up and they leave. And it takes David a really long time to get home because he doesn't have a bike. <laughs> it's okay. He has Kristen by his side, so they can just talk all the way. They're just gonna run ride tandem. I, <laughs> I that wouldn't surprise me. No, not at all. So, um, Brett, you probably know this better than us. Like, Brandon asked me. I can't remember if it was in this episode before we got on. Um, you know, the Skype call or whatever. But yeah. Is it, I mean, obviously Kristen and David are like, they enjoy each other's company, but are they supposed to be boyfriend, girlfriend at this point? I can't, I, I've done research about this from, from my book, but I cannot say with a definitive 100% yes, um, just because when I checked uh, with cast and crew and even DJ himself, they, it's not something that they really wanted to develop fully. They just wanted to hint at it because they wanted to keep uh, Midnight Society stuff developed at a minimum, at least until later seasons when they get more into it. Um, but it can okay. be assumed by viewers that, you know, their relationship started with the the passing of the Lonely Ghost Locket in episodes three of season one and just kind of steadily progressed from there more and more so that we assume by now they're together. And then, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, don't spoil it <laughs> later on. David does. other assumptions can be made about their relationship they get married they have babies yeah all right let's hail the shiny red bicycle i think it was very well named yes i guess i like the names that make you guess what it could be about when you hear it i do too yeah they have an element of mystery to them but they sound none of that full moon bullshit (laughs) (laughs) they could have renamed that one way better well, let's see if we can get um, a better name flowing for this episode. I think we can do it, guys. With our powers <laughs> right. combined, we'll create a better name. Woo! The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this could be a sequel to that. <laughs> Boom. No. <laughs> the Tale of the Corn Wackies. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, that's a good one. The Tale of Ricky and the Rickety Bridge. Yeah, that's Ooh. a good one. The Tale of the Forbidden Fishing Trip. Hmm. <laughs> The tale of the dead friend who's dead and who's <laughs> never coming back. <laughs> I don't think they can fit that on the screen. <laughs> I'm just going to listen the to you guys rattle of, more off. Tale of the powerful mustache. <laughs> <laughs> the tale of douchebag friend number two. <laughs> oh, the tale of the muffins. <laughs> mm, muffins. I could go for some muffins. I might have to make some of those sometime soon. What kind of muffins do you like? You should just make a different, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark-themed food every week. Yeah, in your Cooking with Cortland segment. I could do that. Do it. Nobody said anything about wanting food on Instagram, though, except for your wife, Brandon. (laughs) She just wants to see all the food I make. Well, then you'll have one fan who's already a fan. Yeah, gotta start somewhere. You can do, like, frozen ghost pops shaped like the kid, or, like... Twisted oh, claw <laughs> souffle. I don't know. Hungry hounds kibble. <laughs> oh god, damn! It. We didn't even talk about the hungry, hungry hounds, hounds at all. One this will episode. just be an empty bowl. <laughs> you know it has to happen every episode. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't me. That was the power of the podcast. Brett, you probably know what the next episode is, right? <laughs> yes, I do. It is the tale of the magician's assistant. <laughs> so, Brandon. 
<laughs> yeah. Who do you think is going to tell the tale of the magician's assistant? Um, I think this is another David. Another two in a row. Oh, fuck. That better not be, man. I'd ask you, oh, Brett, but I have a feeling you already know who tells this one, and that'd be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I memorized every episode, so I know before you even tell me. Okay, well, you definitely know what this episode's about. I don't remember this episode. I think I might remember a, a bit or a piece here and there, but I overall I don't remember. And Brandon, you have no idea what this is about, so what do you think it's going to be about? <laughs> well, I mean, the title literally just sounds like someone ran tale of the sorcerer's apprentice through a thesaurus <laughs> yes. so i'm gonna say that david is like oh betty ann i'm gonna borrow one of your characters uh this is about magic the kind gary likes and it's a story about a new kid in school he's really bad at chemistry he throws a bunch of shit together and accidentally creates some mystic vapors <laughs> goth appears and he's like i'm going to rule the universe and they like pour some water on him and he's like fuck not again (laughs) the sequel no one asked for (laughs) (laughs) hey eric asked for it and then he got banished from the midnight society that is why they got rid of him exactly (laughs) no eric we told you we're not gonna do another one there are no sequels in this in this society. Oh. Well, I, I've been up all night, you guys. I think I'm about ready for bed. How about you guys? I'm so sleepy. Uh, I took a five-hour energy drink, so I'm good for like five more episodes if you want to go. <laughs> well, you will literally be up all night then. <laughs> yes. Being true to the podcast title. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm cold. So I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> go get some blankets. <laughs> oh, Well, thank you so much, Brett. Uh, we really appreciate you being on the show today. It has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed this. Hopefully I'll oh, see you I guys again. It. Yeah, if you guys have not checked out Brett on Instagram, that's at Brett Wilson Art. Check him out. He does super awesome art. So, And I did some illustrations of Ari for the Dark as well. So if you're interested in those, definitely scroll down to my feed a bit and you'll see he's like, got one for every episode white. yeah it's like a whole black and white series so if you have your favorite episode chances yeah, are it's brandon there. you can't look at him though no spoilers for you <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> all right guys uh we'll talk to you next week then with the uh the tale of the fuck what was it magician's assistant apprentice yes. yep something somebody's <laughs> apprenticing or whatever <laughs> i'll talk to you guys next week all right bye guys Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Looks like someone's going to fall asleep in his corn wackies.